This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham nil, Torquay United 1. Can't we go back to that last Thursday? Things were nice then, simpler, happier. I mean, we had no injuries for a start, can you believe that? We had no injuries. Um, we also had three fit strikers, one of whom was on fire. Uh, one of the others wasn't playing well off him. And we were full of confidence and very hard to beat. Oh, what a difference an Easter weekend makes, eh? So, today we followed up a disappointing defeat at Notts County in a game we shouldn't have lost with a disappointing home defeat against Torquay United in a game we shouldn't have lost a while since we've lost a home as well. And, yeah, it was rather deflating. Not only that, of course, we picked up another injury to go along with Kwame Thomas, Jordan Ponticelli and Theo Vassell who were accumulated over Thursday and Friday and again <laughs> a freak injury in that it was in the warm-up Rob Lainton pulling up on the warm-up Christian Dibble having to come on the pitch and play instead of him uh, a huge blow so with only good bit of news is that there was an element of precautionary action taken for Lainton not being selected um, he wanted to play and I think it was sensibly decided that if he hurt himself during a match that would cost us a sub and could possibly also put him out long term so it was decided that he would sit it out so obviously there's a possibility he could be okay by Saturday's match we might also have some strikers coming in but uh, <laughs> choice is extremely limited in that respect so anyway wind over I'd better talk about this match hadn't I really Wrexham Apart from the enforced change of double, obviously having to replace Theo Vassell, Mark Carrington coming in for him, choosing to replace Sean Pearson with Fika Kelleher, I think having come back from a long-term injury so well, it was asking a lot of Pearson to get another game in, and so Kelleher, of course, is an obvious uh, switch. And Dan Jarvis coming in to replace the injured Ponticelli. Wrexham starting with three at the back, familiarly, but then also a box midfield. So Jarvis and Davis being tasked with the job of trying to get up to support the Orangus um, in an attempt to make the one striker style work. The thing is that in the first half, well, there was another major factor as well, the weather. There's a biting gale blowing uh, mostly towards the cop throughout the game strongest during the first half although also quite strong in the second and as a consequence uh, well Torquay won the toss and turned us around so the they were playing with the wind and we did find it quite difficult apart from a good patch about halfway through the, the half to actually get out and really well give any support to the Orangus who cut a very isolated figure up front to be fair to him he did well in that isolated role but really did have to try and do his work mostly on his own so that first half was difficult and indeed in the opening 10 minutes we were fortunate not to concede <laughs> within 40 seconds they got a decent shot off on goal when Danny Wright making his first start since getting injured in December came on and uh, rather mugged Mark Carrington fed Randell 18 yards out right of centre and he had a powerful shot but he couldn't keep it down it was interesting at that point I was a little concerned because I recalled when we played at Solihull last season Mark Carrington was playing at left-sided centre-back and Wright clearly targeted him and looked to rough him up 
And when I saw that happening in the first minute, I thought, oh, he's not going to do it again, is he? But the thing is that now Carrington's played a lot at left side. The centre-back and proved himself to be very reliable, and he would go on to have an excellent match. However, he and his defenders did have a lot more work to do. From 25 yards out, Little hit a powerful shot, whistling in towards the bottom left corner, dibbled it well to get down and tip it around the post. And from the corner, they should have scored. The ball's played into the near post. Like I said, the wind was really wreaking havoc. Throughout the game, players were struggling when the ball was in the air to judge it properly. Now, on this occasion, it wasn't the best corner, but Harris at the near post sliced it. It spanned backwards over Dibble, and Asa Hall was found himself confronted essentially with a, an open goal from close range luckily for Axum it just arced a bit too high for him and he did get his head to it but he couldn't control his head enough to put it on target it's a real escape and Axum dug in and started to find themselves back into the game like I said Angus was working very hard up front Jarvis and Davis were tasked with trying to feed him and trying to get close to him Davis did the job fairly well, to be fair, in the first half, and very well in the second half. Uh, Harris, who's played his 250th game for Wrexham and was excellent, made a terrific interception and found Jordan Davis. Javis with a great ball down the right-hand side. Wrexham were constantly looking to play the ball in behind to try and play Dior Angus in, in the channel, and this one was spot on. Angus running at his man, did really well to get past him. It was great pace and gets himself basically into the sort of situation where he scored uh, his second goal in our last home match from a tight angle. He again tried to blast it into the far bottom corner. This time, though, the keeper, Kovalan, was able to get down and save. Torquay responded with the corner being cleared, Randall swinging it back in, and Lewis six yards out, heading over. Although, to be fair, it was a difficult header to get beyond and over his marker. But Wrexham kept the pressure on, and like I said, I had that good spell um, throughout the middle of the second half. They won a free kick on the edge of the D. Harris brought down. Young and Davis stood on it. Obviously, they were expecting Luke Young, ex-Torkey skipper, and a player who has shown how good he is from free kicks to have a go. But Davis instead stepped up, ripped a cracker over the wall, which hit the bar and bounced back out to the edge of the area. Where, rather bizarrely, it was blatantly handled by Little and the referee decided not to give it. Now, I don't know, I'm not saying it was a deliberate handball because it would be a stupid place to handle it, but his arm was out from his body, that he had a clear sight of the ball coming in, it bounced on the floor, came up and hit him on the hand, and there's his body and hit his hand, it was clear, his arm was way out, amazing he didn't give it. I think it was just outside the box, but it should have been given. Wrexham, though, within a minute, we're making another opportunity. A really nice break. Jarvis and Davis combining nicely. Picking at Angus again, pulling across to the right-hand side. He swept a terrific early cross-in. Record and made a fine run from left wing-back to find himself face-to-face -face with a keeper 15 yards out. He mishit his shot slightly, but in hitting it into the ground and back up again, it made it tricky for the keeper, who did really well to adjust his position and parry it away. Then... Torquay started to regain control. However, unlike at the start of the match, Wrexham were, for my money, looking pretty solid at the back and weren't really giving away too many chances. There was a free kick from a similar position to where Davis hit his on the, at the other end. Asa Hall hit it with power. It went just wide of the left post. Then a nice build-up by Torquay, getting the ball to the edge of the area. A square pass to Danny Wright was 
inaccurate, but he did superbly well to just halt his momentum, poke a foot out the other way, and just get a toe to it, to nudge it on two haul 20 yards out. It was a very powerful snapshot. Dibble did very well to hold on to it. It was pretty close to him. Well, you'd have been disappointed if it got through him, but it was a sort of shot from fairly close range that you would have thought would bounce off a keeper. And he didn't take a cleanly first up, but he managed to take enough power off it to, to drop it at his feet and cling onto it. It's a good piece of goalkeeping because I could easily bounce straight out into a crowded area and anyone could have got to it first. Indeed, Wrexham did have the last moment of the half, a moment which might have cost Dior Angus in the second, as he, he cut into the box again on one of his lone forays and went down a bit easily in the box, the referee not interested in his penalty shout. He'd do it again in the second half, and the referee would do more than just be not interested in the penalty shout. But anyway, the side swapped round. Wrexham now with the wind, and... Yeah, the game did change. Wrexham were on top of it for long periods. Maybe not quite as dominant as Torquay had been, but I don't think the wind was quite as strong. The quality of the game was still pretty poor. Uh, lots of misplaced passes, lots of ropey defending with the ball wobbling in the air as it's coming long. But Wrexham did get on top of things and did create a lot of chances, although... The first opportunity fell to Winter, who had a terrific uh, a snapshot, half volley, with real power from 20 yards out across the goal and just wide of the left-hand post. But after that, Wrexham started to cause problems. Maybe the wind did as well, in, and the fact that Wrexham were trying to feed the ball in behind with the wind behind us, because Kovalan, the keeper, started taking some quite advanced positions and twice within the space of two minutes could have been caught out off his line. The first time, I think it was more of a misjudgment than a conscious thing. He came out of his box to get to a ball. He was always favoured to get to, but he had, I think, maybe to come a little bit further up the pitch than he perhaps meant to. He was virtually in the centre circle when he, when he got to it and he retained possession, but the problem was his teammates didn't. They gave it away to Jarvis, just inside his own half, might have been worth having a shot, to be honest. Uh, but instead, you know, the temptation of, of Dior Angus right ahead of him in a fabulous position, and he couldn't resist it and hit him in early. Problem is, the reason his position was so fantastic was that he was well offside. So that came to nothing. I think Jordan Davis may have thought that <laughs> Jarvis should have taken a shot, because within a minute, Wrexham again had a chance to break. Davis latched onto it down the right channel. Kovlam, on this, on this occasion, I mean, it, it's not just he was long way off his line, his positioning, I, th I think he's just daydreaming a little bit, to be honest. He was way off his line and rather central for a, a break down the right-hand side. And Davis obviously <laughs> must have thought, right, he's, he's wandering here. Jarvis might have taken the shot out well if I get the opportunity. He decided from 35 yards to try and take the shot on straight away. It was a difficult one. He had to hit it with the outside of his left foot and he didn't get it all that close to the target. But it was a nice idea because, frankly, if he had got it right, Kovalan was not in his goal and it would have it would have been the lead for us. So Wrexham starts in the half fairly well. After an hour, Keats decided he had to make a change. It was Dan Jarvis who made way. Not, not a huge surprise. He didn't really take this opportunity, if you like, to, to impress. And on came Paul Rutherford. He is a weird thing. Paul Rutherford coming on to make his 175th league appearance for Axum for the second time. He reached that milestone against Dover. Oh, no, beg your pardon. In his last match, 
but the Dover game since then has been expunged, so that puts him back on 174. So he's the only player in Wrexham's history to reach that milestone twice. So he came on, Rutherford did well. He added energy and dynamism up front and was buzzing around. He's not a striker, but he actually was getting a bit closer to Angus in many ways. Admittedly, the next chance fell Torquay's way. Hall hitting a 20-yarder. Good position, didn't fully get hold of it. Easy save for Dibble. And then within a minute, Wrexham went terribly close. A corner from the left-hand side. Young sweeping it in beyond the far post. Kelleher, unmarked, got up well. Couldn't get up high enough to put it towards goal, but he sensibly steered it back into the goal mouth where Davis beat his man to it and headed it on target. Keeper beaten, but a defender managed to clear it off the line. It was a shame that for Wrexham. And then there was just a bit of a lull as Torquay started to regain their equilibrium. Waters was looking lively up front, having come on as a sub. And he nearly got one-on-one -on, -one on Dibble. Was denied by an absolutely superbly judged tackle by Jay Harris. Then at the other end, Wrexham started to build her up. And the last 10-15 minutes, Wrexham got the momentum going again. And were looking fairly likely winners as they... They put pressure on Torquay. Angus driving down the left channel. Again went down in the box. This time the referee decided... Well, he felt he'd tried it twice, so we gave him the yellow cards. I've not seen the replay. To the naked eye, it looked more like he just fell over. He didn't seem to ask for a foul. Um, I think it was very harsh. Indeed, Harris also got a yellow card, which was perhaps a little harsh. He got a warning in the first half, a very ostentatious warning from the referee who pointed all the places of Harrison committed fouls and made a very dramatic no more signal to say, next time you're being booked. But when he did get booked for that next challenge, it was extremely innocuous. I know maybe that's irrelevant if you're talking about accumulation. I'm not sure it was a foul, if I'm honest. He came on the side of a player and that was the problem, but I think he got the ball pretty cleanly, so he was unlucky. Anyway... Wrexham continued to push on soon after that penalty shout. There was a terrific effort. Wrexham at the corner. It was cleared. And Hall Johnson, wow, a fabulous technique from 30 yards out. Nailed a beautiful volley. Keeper did ever so well to get down and push it away. It was a fabulous hit. And came out the blue, really did. The, the keeper, by the time he'd seen it come through the crowd, probably that would be the first chance to react. He did ever so well. Hall Johnson again then, cutting inside as he often does onto his left foot, getting into the box, hitting the shot, which was blocked. And then it was Harris's turn, a difficult volley, this one, right of centre, about 25 yards out. But he got really middled that one, and Kovlan again had to be sharp to save it. Eight minutes left, Wrexham continuing to pressure. Luke Young sweeping a free kick into the box. Kelleher getting up back to goal. Now Kelleher, of course, has never scored for Wrexham. You may remember him scoring for Wrexham, but it was against Dover. Uh, so it didn't count now. Uh, so he tried to replicate it by jumping and getting a, a flicked back header. And he made good contact. It was heading inside the the bottom uh, right corner. And the keeper got down extremely well to push it round the post. From that corner, Young swept it in. Harris flicked it on beautifully from the near post. And Davis at the far post with a free header but stretching from a tight angle. Headed it against the post and went behind for a goal kick. It was harsh. But Wrexham were getting the momentum going. They were pushing on. They looked like the only likely winners. But like uh, we learned this week, things can get cruel. In the first of five added minutes, we threw Sean Pearson on 
to replace Jordan Davis. Not a comment on Davis, just a comment on our desperation to get a winner. So Sean Pearson went on as a centre-forward alongside Dior Angus. But unfortunately, within a minute, we would let in the winning goal. Uh, corner was not dealt with, went out for a throw-in. For the first time, they decided to use the long throw of Lewis. He hurled it into the goal mouth. Wrexham didn't really deal with it, only half cleared it. And it dropped nicely for Shering, who, from the centre of the box, smashed a powerful shot, which took a deflection and ripped into the net via the bottom of the bar. A cruel twist of fate. Wrexham really tried hard to try and carve out a final chance and get a point. Except, indeed, to the extent that we not only left Pearson up front, we left Kelleher up there again as well. And we ended the game with a sort of old-fashioned 2-3-5 formation with Kelleher and Pearson up front with Angus and Hall Johnson and record as wingers. But we, we just couldn't. We couldn't carve out another chance and suffered a rather deflating defeat, especially in the context of what's happened since Thursday. It was a pity. There's a lot of gloom in among the, the small group of people who were working at the race course, I can tell you. But... There's still plenty of points to play for, and I think we've just got to be realistic here and say that, as Dean Keats did say after the match, both of those games we shouldn't have lost and probably could easily have won. The Notts County game we should have put to bed in the first 20 minutes, and we looked set for a clean sheet. And this game also, we I don't think we can make such a clear case of being better than our opposition today, because but that was because the wind affected the game a lot, partly. Uh, we certainly don't carve out the better chances. Looking through the team, and Dibble I mean, didn't have that much to do. Made a couple of sharp saves, but not impossible ones. Um, it's not easy being thrown in like that. And yeah, he did, he did nothing to harm his reputation. The centre-backs, Kelleher was solid. He did pretty well in the air, considering it was difficult to deal with stuff in the air. He dealt with Danny Wright pretty well, too. The other two centre-backs, I thought French was impressive. He was very tenacious in the tackle, won a, a lot of the ball and was really forthright in his work. I was pleased with French. Car Carrington was tremendous. Uh, Carrington, it's, it's, just a, it's, it's hard to find new ways to put it, isn't it? But he is just so reliable, so calm under pressure. There was times, you know, when Torquay were knocking the ball in behind Wrexham's defence, putting Carrington under real pressure, putting him into difficult situations, turning him. He was so calm and getting himself out of it, and he made some, some full-blooded challenges as well. Carrington, absolutely excellent. Wing-backs, Hall Johnson had a bit of threat in the second half, to be fair to him, and was unlucky with that long-range shot. A couple of times he got into great positions, but maybe Wrexham didn't have quite the final ball. Sometimes he was guilty of that, but he, he nonetheless, he took the game well to Torquay. On the left-hand side, record was... A, a bit of a curate's egg. I think he often is, in a way. His decision-making maybe isn't always spot on. He played some very sloppy passes to give the ball away. Um, and he played some good passes. He did. He was solid defensively going forwards. He got into some nice positions, had that opportunity to score. Maybe I've seen him get into better positions, but better balls in the box, but he was, he was okay. The centre of midfield, Jay Harris was man of the match by a distance, despite the excellence of Garrington. Uh, he was just everywhere, absolute vintage Harris. The, the tackling, the passing, the tenacity, driving shots in, driving us forwards. Harris was exemplary, absolutely superb. Young alongside him put a very good shift in as well. The, the two of them 
had to work hard and in the first half couldn't win the midfield because the ball's bypassing the middle of the pitch. In the second half, they did very well. And the two players in the box midfield, well, look, Davis first, the good news, Davis had a good game. Um, was doing his best to help out Angus. In the last half hour or so, he, he went more to being a, a sec- essentially a, a striker. He played quite a lot with his back to goal. It's not his game at all. We're asking him to do something he doesn't really work on. That doesn't come naturally to him. He didn't do badly, though. Remember, he, he did have. He hit the bar, he hit the post, he had a header off the line. You know, fair play to Davis. He did a, a, a good shift and he was creative. He was, he was feeding Angus more than the other players were. Uh, he did well. Jarvis, sadly, I mean, he's got he's got a fan club. Understandably, he's he's a real talent, and people have been calling for him to get a chance. Well, he, he didn't really take this chance. He was peripheral. I've got to say, he's unlucky. Circumstances were against him a bit because he plays the whole of the first half when the wind's against us and we're struggling to to really get the ball in the opposing half. But but he will be disappointed. I think Keats was right to bring Rutherford on for him after an hour. I think and Rutherford actually improved us up front Angus well <laughs> fair play to him uh, my worries before the match were that I felt Angus wasn't really the sort of striker who can play on his own up front uh, he need, well he needs really support he needs players around him he needs someone to hold the ball up for him to work him in well I've changed my mind after looking at that because he did do well he was too isolated in the first half but my goodness real one man bands taking the, the, the game to Torquay deserved a massive pat on the back terrific work rate so he did, he was it was unfortunate in the second half stuff didn't really fall for him which was a pity because we did get forwards more but uh, yeah he should be applauded for those efforts and then of the subs well, you can really look at Rutherford's performance and yeah hasn't uh, played much in 2021 did himself proud he looked like a player who was glad to be back on the pitch and wanted to show what he could do and he was extremely energetic and if we have to persist with the box midfield it might be that we'll look at Rutherford a bit more and, and ask ourselves whether having him scurrying around and going a bit wider might actually be a, a decent idea we all know his movement's very good he was back with that familiar diagonal run popping up on the unexpected sides of the pitch. Maybe that's what we need to disrupt defences if we're going to have to attack in a different style. Although it does sound like Keats is hopeful that we'll have somebody in as an extra striker on, Saturday, on Saturday. Well, Heaven knows how match-ready they'll be. Oh, heaven knows what will happen at all this season. It's just gone very strange, and the last four days have been so frustrating. But we're still in and thereabouts. There's plenty of football to be played. we just got to find a way to make this awkward situation up front be resolved the final score of Wrexham Null Talk United 1 I'm Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham AFC media team this is the final whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team